This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals. The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions or in any legal proceeding. Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeads.com. And now onto the episode. And welcome to Portable Feeds, the Pediatric Board View Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Sam. And we've got another great case to continue our talk on Wilson's disease. So let's jump right in. So a 12-year-old male presents to the emergency department for fatigue and lightheadedness. On exam, he's noted to have hepatomegaly along with a corneal abnormality on slit lamp exam. Initial lab work shows decreased hemoglobin and a negative Coombs test. The patient's admitted, and the diagnosis is eventually confirmed with two disease-causing mutations in the ATP7B gene. Which of the following is the best recommended treatment for this patient? Is it A, DMSA? Is it B, DMPS? Is it C, EDTA? Is it D, D-penicillamine? Or E, dimercaprol? So take a second, think about the answer, and this is all in the show notes. If you already listened to our previous episode, then this case presentation will sound very similar, because it's exactly the same. For those of you who didn't, this child is presenting with symptoms of Wilson's disease. For a discussion on diagnosis of Wilson's disease, listen to our previous episode. This episode will instead focus on the treatments for Wilson's disease. So Sam, you want to talk about that? Absolutely. So first, we want to acknowledge that dimercaptosuccinic acid, also known as DMSA or succimer, and sodium dimercaptopropanilfonate, or DMPS, are commonly used pharmacologic chelators that can also bind and remove copper from the body, since these patients have symptoms due to copper excess. However, D-penicillamine is the first-line chelator used in the treatment of Wilson's disease. Treatment for Wilson's disease is divided into initial and maintenance phases. In the initial phase, all of the current guidelines recommend using a chelating agent, such as penicillamine or trientine, as first-line therapy. Penicillamine was introduced in 1956 and is still the standard treatment for Wilson's disease per the European Society for Pediatric Gastroenterology, Hepatology, and Nutrition, or ESPGEN, as we've talked about previously. Those are those guidelines from 2018 we discussed. However, significant adverse effects are common with D-penicillamine, resulting in drug withdrawal in up to 30% of patients. Side effects common during early treatment include sensitivity reactions with fever and cutaneous eruptions, neutropenia or thrombocytopenia, lymphadenopathy, and proteinuria. Then in the medium to long-term treatment range, side effects can include a lupus-like syndrome characterized by hematuria, proteinuria, arthralgia, bone marrow toxicity with severe thrombocytopenia or aplasia, and skin changes related to this medicine's anti-collagen effects. These skin changes include elastosis perforans serpenginosa, cutis laxa, pemphigus, lichen planus, and apthostomatitis. Additionally, food inhibits the absorption of D-penicillamine, so it needs to be taken one hour before or two hours after meals. Ryan, do you want to walk us through the remaining treatment options? Sure. 
So next, uh, triantine or triethylene tetramine hydrochloride is the second available chelating agent used for the treatment of copper excess and Wilson's disease during the initial phase. It was initially used in 1969 as a second line agent for patients who didn't tolerate D penicillamine, but it's being increasingly used due to its limited side effect profile. However, there is less robust evidence to support triantine as opposed to the more well-studied penicillamine as a first-line chelating agent. Of note, triantine also binds iron, so if a patient also needs iron supplementation, their supplement needs to be taken at a different time of day. And the last available option for treatment of Wilson's disease are zinc salts. So the proposed mechanism of action is sequestration of copper and enterocytes of the small intestine through induction of metallothionine in enterocytes. For the 2018 SGAN guideline, this is an increasingly used treatment modality for pre-symptomatic patients and as a maintenance therapy after the initial therapy with a chelating agent. However, it's still under discussion whether it's adequate to use zinc salts as monotherapy. It was noted that patients who experienced treatment failure with zinc monotherapy improved after reintroduction of a chelating agent. However, zinc salts have been proven safe through multiple studies for use in pre-symptomatic children, especially given their improved side effect tolerance when compared to penicillamine. So those are the two main chelating agents used for pharmacologic interventions for initial therapy in Wilson's disease, as well as our discussion on zinc salts. There's a more thorough discussion that could be had about liver transplantation and how treatment differs in acute liver failure, but that's a bit beyond the scope of today's points and might be discussed at a further time. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Happy studying. Have a great week, guys. We'll see you next week for our review.